Coming up on Money Beat, the strong U.S. dollar means you might be seeing more imported liquor on the store shelves. And also, yes, the New England Patriots, folks, they won the Super Bowl. It means the stock market's going down definitely, without a doubt. It can't be any other way. The Super Bowl indicator makes it clear that everything's a disaster in the stock market now because of the New England Patriots winning. Ugh. I'm going to talk about it with Patriot fans. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Money Beat. Paul and Stephen here in the studio in New York City, coming to you on a sort of rainy, wintry Interesting day. I always like to give you a little weather report about New York City. I know. City. You, I know you care. Everyone's excited. Everyone cares about New York weather, right? I mean, isn't that like that's what right? everybody checks? That's what everyone of the checks, day. of course. You know, you want to know what it's like in New York. Uh, hey, you know, it's interesting. We talk about the dollar a lot in, in forex markets, in, um, in capital markets, every market, really. And we know. like to talk about food. And we like to talk about food. And, and you know that a stronger dollar is good for outsiders exporting their goods into the United States. And, you know, it's not necessarily quite as good for people in the United States trying to export their goods out to other countries. But what about people who are in the United States who are importing goods from other countries here to resell? If you're the reseller on that end of it, uh, working for perhaps uh, if you're an importer or an exporter. Or you just like to, you know, consume a few beverages. You'd like to consume a few beverages. Uh, you I might- would be in the latter category. You would be in the latter category. Uh, we, we've Listen, the point is we, we've talked about what the dollar means for a lot of different markets. One market that you might not have thought about is what it means for importers of, 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 of booze. booze. What does it mean for booze? What does it mean for booze? For people in the United States who are resellers of booze who are importing from overseas. And, and it is like, and, and con- Well, that's what's interesting. Uh, it's a banner market. Chelsea Delaney wrote about it. How are you, Chelsea? I'm great. How are you? And, and Sarah Krause, who is we just like to have Sarah on the podcast, <laughs> you know. So, so we brought you in. And, and I have to lodge my one complaint, Grocer, because you booked this segment, and it's a good story. But when when we are talking about food or clothing on this podcast, I expect the food or clothing in the podcast in the studio. Are you saying you what, want a tequila shot? I'm and yes. I am saying. <laughs> well, I'm going to. There should it, be uh, a tequila shot on this podcast. We should be drinking on. The, listen, no, no, no. And it's hey, not hey, that hey, I hey. like alcohol. I'm not. It's not that I drink. You know, it's just when we're doing food related podcasts, we have to have the. Um, the you know, I would our listeners you, expect us to be eating podcast. cheese or marmite or having liquor, right? Are you going to be quiet? Exactly, Chelsea. <laughs> Are you going to be quiet? I mean, like, are you going to let me respond? I would like our listeners to understand very clearly that there is a person in this, you know, the four of us, who has a bottle of Jameson's in his desk and refused it, refused to share it with us all. That I'm just saying. Was small. Yes, it would. <laughs> and 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 we all know how much I love whiskey. Uh, listen. That James bottle of Jameson for a special a special occasion. I am not opening we're not it up. Spe- we're not special. No, no. That sorry, is, and sorry, listeners. I am, but listen, you folks that's understand. What he, that's what he thinks. <laughs> you of, folks, you, know, the you folks understand. I am not opening up my one bottle of Jameson's for for the, for this group of animals. <laughs> sorry, it's just not happening. You should have bought another hey. bottle. You you should not be you trying to get my- Coronas. Yeah. Well, by the yeah. way, I'm just going to. This point- is not about what I have. It's what about, it's about what you should have brought. What I'm going to point out is Paul goes home at you know between 4:30 and 5. I think we uh, we know what we're doing later. Don't no one. I'm staying. I'll stay all night. No, <laughs> no one. Jameson. That's no one's getting in my stash. 
By the way, my, my desk, if you don't know, like, my desk has, I was thinking about this, my desk has everything. I have I have office supplies, I, I tape, paper clips, anything you need. Staples. Staples, yeah. Do you uh, have a wine have, opener? You know, I don't have a wine I heard opener, Chelsea has one But of I have a bottle of wine. Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have emergency, I have emergency, I have like a red duffel bag that I got years ago that has like, a, like, like flashlights and a, I have everything. Do you think everything. we should can tell we, people what the story is about? Yeah, can we get yeah. back to the story, not your desk? Well, sometimes they want to hear these things. Uh, we started to get into the story. Chelsea, let's talk a little bit about how the dollar is affecting uh, liquor importers. Sure. Um, so this, the strong dollar is generally pretty good for importers. Um a lot of foreign goods are priced in other currencies. So whenever the dollar is strong, it basically increases the purchasing power of, of U.S. importers. So um, I talked to a lot of importers in the wine industry and the liquor industry, um, and they have said, you know, over the past couple of years, they've really seen um, much cheaper imports. So they've been doing more. And it's... I mean, I was just going to say this. This has to be a story that Mr. Trump does not like. Well, yeah. I, I mean, mean, ostensibly, right? Yeah. I mean, this is this speaks to the you know the the border tax, and he wants yeah. a weaker dollar. Right. And that's something that a lot of people are really worried about right now. Um, you know, if the the border tax proposes a twenty percent tax on imports, which would wipe away the currency impact and would really pressure a lot of the importers. But so the are interest- people, st- oh, sorry, are, um, say, are people stocking up then? Now is the view that oh my gosh, there might be this tax coming our way. Let's import more. I don't know. Mexican beer or let's import more European wine and and sort of stock the shelves so that we have a little bit of a backlog. Yeah, I'm not sure like on the volumes if they're if they're ramping it up, but I know a lot of people are are hesitant to um like they they don't want to discount their liquors right now because they don't know what's going to happen down the road. So people are are you know trying to just be very cautious to to their prices. Well, I, th- I think, and to put it in perspective, and this is in your story, you, you talked to one guy who was a wine importer in Portland, Maine, who is buying a lot of Spanish wine because cases that used to cost him $60 are now costing him less than half, half yeah. or less than half of that. Somewhere well, I mean, we- the dollar, and this is sort of like, this has been a multi-year trend. The dollar has been basically rising since 2014, and it's up almost 25%, something like that. So that's a that's a significant cost savings for these people. So does this mean that now that that cost savings is that translating into my cost savings? Yeah, that's sort of the caveat. Um, not f- for the most part no. Um, a lot of importers and retailers they're pretty hesitant to just adjust pricing because of currency fluctuations because the market can be very volatile. You never know what it's going to turn around. Um, so like they they worry about cutting prices for a currency swing because um, they might have to do it to raise prices later. Um, so a lot of people, what they're doing instead is buying better wines and, and liquors. So like one one guy I was talking to um, has a special for like an $11 wine special, and he used to do it with a like a lesser-known French wine, and now he's doing it with Bordeaux, which he wouldn't have been able to do. That's a little bit of an upgrade for the consumer, right? Yeah, so I think, I think a lot of people are just buying... Um, the, the importers are, are instead of cutting prices, they're giving people better wines. Um, people are also doing marketing, like in, they they may not cut prices, but instead they'll do a sale or, or a promotion or something like that. One of the questions, you know, 
Are they going to start increasing prices, though? Did anyone talk about this if a border tax comes in? I mean, I think it's pretty early because the border tax is so uncertain. But if if there's a 20 percent tax on imports, then they probably will have to pass that through. That's a pretty um, significant price increase. Did, did you say border tax or Bordeaux tax? I'm sorry. Did you? I, I didn't. I didn't quite wow. hear that. Did I? Wow. <laughs> what do you mean, wow? Because I Come think that, this is gold, Sarah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Because I think that's one of the things that, you know, I mean, we've talked about this a lot and it's been written elsewhere, but it can't be hammered home enough, I think, to people. Border taxes, tariffs, you know, they are being paid for by the American consumer. It's not like, right. you know, you might make them, you know, American goods more competitive, but you're, it's still hitting the U.S. Citizens. Yeah, and you covered this well in your story, which is that um, you know some of the wine importers remember 2000, between 2008 and 2011 when the euro was strengthening, um, and that made it difficult to import things. So it feels like this this business is one where you sort of get used to a degree of, of price fluctuation and whiplash and having to be sort of wise about where you set your consumer expectations. Yeah, and some of the – I guess one point is a lot of them do hedge, um, so some of them will do forward contracts and things like that, um, but it, it does – it, it does have a big impact on them. No, I remember that period, too, because I was, had to drink California Pinots instead of, you know, Bordeaux. Oh, you poor, poor, you poor, These poor are your troubles, Steve. You what? should be drinking U.S. wine, all, except for Italian wine. Italian wine is the best. But otherwise, <laughs> always drink U.S. wine. No, actually, like this is a total side, but there's a great book about the wine, uh, the first California French wine tasting in, I think it was 1974. And it was a big, t- this Time Magazine guy who was there did a big thing on it and it was a, it was amazing because french wine was thought untouchable by new world wines and the californians wine there was stood a movie up. about that and it was great it was a great it was a, it's a really interesting book and it's how like new you know not just us wines but argentinian wines australian wines new zealand wines they all sort of were able to take off from there and a question for Chelsea. I mean, it's not just uh, booze, right, that we're talking about here. It's pretty much any, you know, sort of foreign good. I think you mentioned cheeses, European cheeses, Peruvian coffee. What else did people sort of talk about impacted? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty broad. The dollar is obviously very strong. So anything priced in another currency is going to get cheaper. Um, you know, the, the dairy market in general, uh, I said cheese, but butter also has, um, like European butter imports have been rising. Um, I think in some of that meat markets, it's also impacting them um, and broader commodity markets. It it tends to have a pretty broad impact, especially for commodities. So, so we should uh, be would, living it up with the foreign goods right now. We should, we should just be. expand our palates all around. Exactly right. I would like to say the, the uh, movie was called Bottle Shock. Two thousand and eight. It was. <laughs> I knew. I knew. I saw it one time. It's about what you were talking about. It was nineteen seventy six. Somebody was telling me grocer. about this. Nineteen seventy six. Oh, really? Yeah. Nineteen seventy six. Shocking. Cal- see, that's why you should be drinking California wine. I, I just read the book. I'm sorry. I didn't see the movie. Oh, oh. <laughs> aren't we smart? <laughs> I guess that's that's one of the other um, downsides. It's is a lot of the U.S. Producers, wine producers, um, liquor producers are having a harder time um, because the strong dollar is making their exports less competitive abroad. Well, I mean that was, I mean that's been like one of the big sort of stories I think of the last you know well over a decade now of you know shrinking beer sales but an increase in wine and spirit sales. But what one of the stats I think in your in your piece was that that this was only increasing about two percent. You know, U.S. wine and uh, liquor sales. I think, I think so. Yeah. 
um, which is which was like you know it's fairly slow. It's one of the slowest um, increases yearly increases in a while. Um, and there there are other factors at play as well. Like um, one of the big trends in the alcohol space is premiumization. Like people yeah. are just in general buying more premium liquors and wines and stuff like that, craft beers. So. All right, we are uh, going to have to wrap it up there. Chelsea, thank you for coming in. Thank you. Uh, are you staying? Are, are we keeping them here for the next segment? I know this no, is no, a, no, the no, next no. one's so near and dear to your heart, Carissa. Yes, it is. I don't think, I, don't, I mean, they, they're more than welcome. They're just, welcome. Uh, yeah, I, don't I don't know think if you, you want, want me in on a conversation about football. You sure? Oh, yeah. yeah I'm out of here. Yeah. I have nothing to bring to that discussion. I'm sorry. All right. Well, then, I, I, just, uh, I just actually want to like tell a minor little story about how Sarah Krause's father is a huge Yankees fan. And growing up, Sarah sat there with her father, dutifully watching <laughs> Yankees games. And then about, what was it, last year, she asked him what a home run was. So having Seriously? Yankee- I asked the difference between a run and a home run. Equally disgraceful, but, you know. <laughs> My passions lie elsewhere. What can I tell you? I feel bad for her father. And, and, and <laughs> your readers benefit from your passions. Thank you, Paul. Yes. So, Sarah. <laughs> excellent note to go out on. Chelsea, thank you very much. When we come back, yes, Stephen Grosser is going to get to vaunt about his patriots. <laughs> WSJ Special Access gives you a front row seat to some of the Wall Street Journal's most exciting content, like The Quirkier Side of Life, a new series that features the fun, surprising stories our reporters come across. The chief executive walks 10,000 barefoot steps every day. He recalls stepping on a bee, which put him off earthing for a couple of days, but he got back to it. Check out The Quirkier Side of Life on WSJ Special Access, only for WSJ subscribers. I'm Veronica Dagger. Do you want to know how the rich invest, spend, and protect their money? Then listen to the Watching Your Wealth podcast. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts and find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and now Spotify. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Welcome back to the Money Beat Podcast. And folks, for more great podcasts, you can check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. We are on Twitter. You can follow us at WSJ Podcasts. And you can subscribe. Get all this great um, get Money Beat as well as all our other great shows delivered right to your listening device. We're on iHeartRadio, Amazon Echo, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, your Google Play Music app. Paul Vigna, Stephen Grosser, and David Benoit here in the studio. And uh, this is a segment that I I, I, am, I can't even tell sure you how much I'm regretting. Uh, hey, uh, gee, is the stock market going to tank? Talk? I think the stock market's going to tank, right? Isn't there a reason for that that's going to come, right? Um, what happened over the weekend that's going to drive the stock market down? Lies, Stephen lies, Grosser? and damn statistics. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, everyone, Stephen Grosser, David Benoit, well-known Patriots fans, congratulations to both of you. I'm so happy for you. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, first of all, like you know, a Giants fan should be able to graciously, given the fact that they have beaten us twice in the Super Bowl. That is true. Graciously congratulate first line us. Of Eli Manning's Hall of Fame plaque would just be. He beat Tom Brady. Yeah, because yeah. no, because I mean, there really isn't much else to that resume. Seeing you two so a five hundred quarterback, you know. Seeing you two so happy. Right, let's not just, let's not talk about Eli. Yeah. All right, all right. Here you go, fellas. This is. I know we're getting a little sportsy. We're going to get a little markety too, folks. Uh, hey guys, your Patriots won the Super Bowl. How do you they, feel about that? I I feel very good. 
I will have to say, like, it, at halftime, I was just hoping that this would be a game. Yep. Like, you know, it would be competitive. How, how dark night of the soul were you guys at halftime? I wasn't, like, you know, I mean, the one nice thing about being a Patriots fan is you do have four Super Bowl titles, you yeah. know, in the last... You know, I mean, let's put it this way. At, at halftime, I was nowhere near as dark as an Atlanta fan is today. Yeah. Right? Oh, they yeah, that's, the, that's, that's they just had their hearts ripped out of them. They did. We've but, been there in the past, but I think, not recently. But I do think that the game spoke to one of the concerns both David and I had prior to the game, was that you know what happened to Green Bay was going to happen to the Patriots, and and, it, and to be honest, it almost did. Yep. Um, where you know you make some mistakes early in the game, and you give that offense you know opportunity to score two turnovers by the Patriots played a big role, and that's why you know just out into the third quarter we we're looking twenty eight three. Um, and so, like, I think the concern is from that point on, it can get out of control because, you know, you have to start being risk, taking more risks. You have to make, you know, plays, momentum, you know. Kicking but, on sides. But the, 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 re- the reality was, if you looked at the game, you know, it, it was a lot. It, Bill Belichick said it. It was a lot closer in terms of the playing, you know, what was being you know, shown on the field than the actual score. And, you know, the Patriots dominated the ball and wore that defense out. Yep. Yeah, exactly. The Patriots stuck to their game plan uh, unbelievably, right? Like, that's, that's maybe a credit to, to Belichick uh, that they didn't necessarily go too off the rails. They had that onside kick. They had that fake or the double throw that didn't work out. So they threw a few tricks in there that didn't work. But they essentially said, we still have Tom Brady. He can just do this, and we'll rely on our defense a little bit, and that's what happened. And I hate, I, and to be honest, I also like hate the notion too, like the two things: one, on the, for the Patriots, that like they didn't win that game. Um, they had to play pretty much from the mid third quarter on flawless football. Yep. I mean, two point conversions. I think in the NFL, less than fifty percent of the time. Season ended last year on a two point conversion. Yeah. Um, Failed. You know, that's that's just, you know, one example. They needed to go down. They needed to score. They couldn't, you know, they couldn't make mistakes. Um, and they did that. They executed, you know, in that last, you know, sort of quarter and a half, you know, pretty much perfectly on offense and on defense. Yep. Um, you know, so the other thing yeah, too it's, is it's, the, it, Atlanta just didn't have the ball to really judge them for losing it. I mean, yeah, it's hard to because like, and I don't want. I, I, I honestly, I don't want to take anything away from the Patriots. I mean, you guys know I I hate your team, but I think Brady is is probably the greatest of all time. I don't even think that's an argument at this point. I think Belichick, you can maybe argue, but I, I think he's got to. You know, I mean, seven trips to the. Bowl, five wins, how many championship Not even, games? But also, like, remember but, but the my, Giants and the Patriots. I mean, Belichick's been to 10 Super Bowls. Yes, right. He has two rings as the seven. defensive coordinator for the Giants, yes. Uh, my, my whole point is I'm not trying to take anything away from the Patriots winning this, but it, as I was watching that game, it really seemed to me, I know Atlanta got gassed the defense, but it, it just seemed like they got tight. It seemed like they had a big lead. They saw that they actually could win this game. Like It became real for them, and I think that moment overwhelmed them mentally. I just do. I just think I think Ryan got tight. I think the offense, uh, Shanahan got tight. I just think they got tight. I think they got a little nervous because they saw that they could win it, and and. The Patriots down twenty five points did not get tight, which I think is huge. I mean, they, they were playing I, with house money essentially, right? Right. And the and the and the Falcons were definitely they didn't they didn't play conservative. I don't think, but they just 
didn't execute the way they didn't execute. Yeah, but I mean, the other question though is like, how many times did the Falcons have the ball? Right, right. I mean, like, you know, there's that's the other thing too is they didn't have an opportunity to like. It's true. You know, I mean, they they had only one opportunity, and then. You yeah, know, and and that was it. You know, like they didn't, they just didn't have enough they opportunity. Had two you know, yeah. No, but yeah. I mean, onside like, kick and then the next round. Yeah. And yeah. they didn't need much. No, I mean, you're right. they needed one more scoring drive yeah. at any point in right. regulation. Yeah. One more scoring drive, and in the fourth quarter, they they just couldn't get it. Yeah. I just think they got, I think they got a little tight. But I mean, I have to say, Brady, you know, well, that and guy the other is, thing too, it's the other thing too is like you you do wonder with you know. An offense like Atlanta, and we know this as New England fans, because I feel like for years we had you know some you know defenses that were bend don't break kind of defenses, yeah. but were you know sort of soft, and you were throwing the ball a lot. And when you have one of these great scoring offenses, but you you know you're not necessarily built to grind it out. That that's also a problem when so, you so need do to grind now, it out. Do, do we now fear for the stock market? The Super Bowl indi- the Super Bowl indicator it's I'm sorry you can't you can't argue with it it is scientific 80% of the time AFC team wins stock market goes down it's scientific grosser point, uh, it's point, totally point, scientific point three percent chance the Patriots had to win that game science <laughs> science causality yeah you know I mean like there's not I mean there's not enough of a connection so we're, know, we're, let's let's stick on the numbers the trend the trend might actually fall but I know you want to talk about right, this but right this 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 problem win probability sort of like the Super Bowl indicator seems like bunk to me yeah it it right all the stories this week are about how the Patriots had no chance to win just like Clemson had no chance to beat Alabama in the in the college football game and BC and, and Doug Flutie and the well, and you had. I mean, this it's crazy. My grandfather this year, right? didn't think they had a chance. I, to I mean, win. it's crazy this year. The Cavaliers down three to one right. to the Warriors. Yeah. Cubs down three to one to what is it? Indians, yeah. right? Yep. I mean, and they all, all you have incredible comes right. comebacks, right? But this that's year. why that's why sports are so much fun. That's why you sports can't, are you so can't much boil fun. it down to a number. No, but you can boil it down to a cliche. That's true. Why you play the game? That's true. Any given Sunday. Yep. Well, gentlemen, well, actually, Tom Brady I, will win the there, Super Bowl. There was one thing I just wanted to sort of, you know, I wanted to touch on, and Benoit and I were talking about this earlier. You know, Massachusetts is a blue as blue gets state. Yes. And, you know, there was a lot of talk about Brady and, you know, whether he supports Trump and why right, does he right, come right. out and he had the hat in his locker and all this. And so you're and, and, Belichick and Kraft, too. That's yeah, not, yeah, no. Not. I mean, Kraft is clearly, he was Kraft at the inauguration. Buddy, Belichick, yeah. you know, uh, do I we will know, say, I will, Do we know what Belichick thinks well, on anything? Well, Belichick yeah, he wrote, wrote, he wrote that letter oh, and, and right. he admitted to writing that letter. However, I still... The level, the grade level English that you know Trump read off that letter in, I have a hard time believing any Wesleyan graduate would be <laughs> could write that poorly, especially Belichick. However, I will get back to. But Brady has like not really like you know he will not answer this question. You know Trump has brought his name up and how they you know they're constantly talking a lot. And so like you know, you saw a lot of columns before the Super Bowl uh, whether this was going to take the shine off of you know Brady's revenge tour and winning the Super Bowl and rooting for the Patriots and rooting for Brady. And you know what? I think that comeback silenced all of us on that question yeah. completely. I think, you know, whether you, you know, you're a, a, you know, a Democrat in Massachusetts who voted for Hillary and disagrees with Trump, I think you're perfectly fine having Tom Brady as your quarterback right now. 
Well, yeah, whatever. Uh, look, hey, man, it makes the Giants' two Super Bowl wins look better, so I can't really be all that upset. But, uh, They're coming for him. Don't worry. Congratulations, gentlemen. When the stock market tanks, we're all coming for you. Everyone, thank you for listening. We'll catch up with you very soon. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously.